She's a dear friend, a friend from San Pete County who has had an experience with her sister and mental health issues as, as a mother. I'm really excited to have you listen to this. It's a really important piece to talk about. Let's get proximate. Okay. We're back here on First Lady and Friends. Today, our guest is is somebody that I've known for a really long time, and I always love to talk to somebody um, that is from Tampa. So I'm so happy to have you um, today. We have Megan Johnson here on our on our show today. So welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm. I'm this is a this is a topic. I mean, we're going to get into this. That's 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 tough. Um, but you've you've um, really. You know, you and your family have really come together and and taken something that was really hard and horrible and and turned it into something that we that is helpful for other people and and really powerful. So, um, just to, as a way of background, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about you, um, your family, and um, just kind of about Sampi and growing up in Sampi? Yeah, this, we have this fun connection, Abby and I, both growing up in Sampi. I grew up in Moroni. Um, so fun to grow up in a small town. Um, have a very close family. I have an older brother and three sisters, and um, we were really close growing up and got to do all of the fun small town things. And uh, I'm a mother of four myself. I have four boys, and um, I'm the co-founder of the Emily Effect Foundation, and the Emily Effect honors my sister, Emily Cook Dykes. She passed away in February of 2016. She experienced some severe postpartum anxiety after having her fifth baby, and um, she went through a year of some really tough ups and downs with her mental health after having Trey, and uh, a few weeks before she passed away, she was hospitalized, and it was really just a rough year for our family. Um, it was really hard kind of navigating, trying to get her the right help. We had pockets of good help. It was kind of disjointed at times, and it was just something that we had never experienced on this level before. And um, the day Emily passed away, she was really struggling and experiencing some severe anxiety, and she was spending time with my parents that day. And she um, was in a in an accident when she had um, a panic attack while driving on the freeway with, with my dad. She was in an auto-pedestrian accident. And so my family and I have started a foundation to honor her and to share her story because um, we had so many people reach out to us after she passed away. I had uh, someone randomly reach out to me on Facebook a couple of days after and say, you know, because I heard your sister's story, I'm reaching out and getting help. And we knew because of the experience that we had um, as she was struggling that we needed to improve resources. We needed to to talk about this topic more because so many moms suffer and they they suffer in silence and feel shame. And it's something that many moms experience and shouldn't feel shame about. And so we started a foundation shortly after she passed away. And since then, we've just been sharing her story, um, sharing the stories of other moms and um, doing whatever we can, you know, uh, with local resources and even, you know, on legislative levels, helping to, you know, get funding and improve resources there as well. So it's been... Um, it's been very healing for my family to be able to do this work and especially just to connect with so many other moms and families and to see a topic that was just often surrounded by shame and darkness to see it be something that we can connect on and, and that women are now finding more support and validation. Yeah. Let's let's talk about your um, experience growing up um, and, and with your, you know, with Emily and and, you know, your your family. Um, I mean, 
we we grew up in this small area and um there just wasn't a lot of nobody really talked about mental health right. nobody really talked about that and i don't i don't think that's unusual for a small town i think that's in general in the yeah. era that we grew up in and and now it's it's much more i think people are much more open about it and and i at least I hope so. But talk a little bit maybe about growing up and, and, and the things that you saw. Were there, you know, did you see any, um, you know, were you, were there struggles with mental health before that? Or is, has this specifically been postpartum type? type issues. For Emily specifically? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, growing up, I mean, I always love to paint a picture of Emily when I can um, because I think it's so important that people know that what she experienced the last year of her life was so significantly different than the rest of her life. Um, She was someone who was outgoing and friendly. She was very talented and driven. You know, she's seven years older than me, so it was really fun. I was the youngest in my family. I'm the youngest in my family. And it was so pivotal and important for me growing up to be able to watch her and my other sisters, to watch her um, pursue different goals, develop different talents, and just to watch her make the choices that she did. It it was really um, impactful for me so that when it came time for me to make decisions, I just did what Emily did because I I genuinely wanted to be like her. And, um, you know, growing up, I would say that she she had times where she struggled, like many of us do. Um, I know in motherhood, you know, Trey was her fifth baby, and this is the one where she experienced the severe postpartum anxiety. She definitely experienced some some baby blues, and I would say that she tended to be a little bit more of an anxious person. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say she kind of, you know, was on a spectrum somewhere at any given time with um, with the, those kind of struggles sometimes, yeah. especially in motherhood and mm-hmm. more kids that she had, and um, like we all have experienced. And so, but I wouldn't, you know, she didn't really experience things like on a clinical level and on such a um, intense level like she experienced Mm -hmm. with Trey. Um, But it was something that we, you know, especially in motherhood and as I had kids and we connected on that topic, we would talk about our struggles and she definitely had um, her ups and downs. But I think overall, you know, Emily was just such a a fun, outgoing, talented and, and what's, you know, been so sweet for my family and especially, um, as people have reached out to us and connected with us, so just to see how many people that she impacted. The, mm-hmm. the common uh, the common comment that we get all the time is she was just so kind. And I only, you know, some people that only met her a time or two, like she had a way of connecting with people and helping them to feel special. Um, and so, you know, I would say that she, like any of us, had ups and downs and struggles at different times in her life. But um Really, you know, struggling with mental health on this level was definitely a new experience for her when she had Trey. Yeah. You know, I'm just sitting here thinking about, you know, Emily and and I knew her. She was a year younger than me in school. Mm -hmm. Um, And I and I remember, you know, there were times that we went on, um, you know, we we had friends in common and and we did things together and. I remember having a class with Emily and Eric, uh, mm-hmm. who was her husband. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember, I mean, obviously not in high school. They were yeah. <laughs> married, but yeah. they were together. They were, to- yep, they were together, yep. And um, I just, yeah, as you're sitting here talking about, you know, who she is, what she was like, that's exactly how I remember Emily. Mm-hmm. Um, I just remember just a kindness, a, a kind of a quiet kindness. Mm-hmm. Um, she wasn't that, you know, crazy outgoing type of person, but she was, 
she had this quiet confidence, this, this kindness about her. Um, you know, there's just, you see people in high school can be really, um, catty and, you know, girls can get mean with each other. And that's not at all what I experienced with Emily. I just remember her being, um, just a friend to everyone. Like, again, like we weren't, I wouldn't say that we were really close friends because again, we were at different ages, but, um, certainly had friends in common and just was that I just have this, you know, this feeling of her she just this kindness and that that's, you know, really cool to think back on. And, um, of course we have family connections yeah. and, um, and, um, Eric is related to, you know, people that, yeah, I mean, we're all related through marriage somewhere right. along the line. In San Pete, that's just how it goes <laughs> down there. Yep. <laughs> um, but I, I'm, I'm so glad that you're, that, that you're talking about this as well, because we, we want to, we want to talk about Emily. We want to make sure that, that, that her story is told and that this isn't all that's about her, right? right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> to me, it's like sometimes we get defined by a moment and obviously your family has has this really hard thing. Yeah. Um, but I love that that a way to honor her is, is also helping other people because I think that's exactly how Emily lived her life. Right, right. So um, talk a little bit about maybe some... When you knew there was a problem or when you, when maybe she knew or or the family knew that we we need to, this is more than just a little sadness or this is more than what we can handle maybe. Yeah. You know, that was noticeable with even just in the first few weeks of coming home um, after having Trey in the hospital. And I think the biggest thing that we saw that was different than with her other pregnancies is just this heightened anxiety this you know a lot of moms will struggle nursing their babies she had done this before you know but that was a challenge it didn't come as easily as as the others and she was very fixated and focused on making sure that that happened which a lot of moms are but there's kind of a point where you kind of have to step back and evaluate and she really struggled she was very determined and it made her anxious that it wasn't working um the biggest thing is that she wasn't sleeping Mm -hmm. again a common you know thing to happen for most moms but when that just builds over time and you combine that with this stress and this anxiety and kind of just worrying about things like about him and about just everything that was happening not being able to to function and do the other things that she could previously, um, it just was really affecting her functioning. And, you know, when she had Trey, there were some complications um, during his birth, which, you know, looking back, we know that that's something that certainly impacted her and, and I think um, caused this heightened anxiety. But it was, she just, yeah, she was anxious and not herself like she normally was. And she could be an anxious person sometimes, but I would say the intensity of it and her ability to kind of think rationally and kind of talk through things, logistics that she was struggling with and figure out solutions. It was harder for her to let go of maybe expectations or, or, um, or to think through things in a way that she could before. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's such an interesting thought. And, and, um, 
um, I want to talk a little bit how I connect with that. And you and I have had this conversation yeah. too, because um, I've expressed, you know, publicly some of the experiences that I've had, but I want to, the way I connect with it is just like w- what you're saying is really resonating with me. So we'll do that when we come right back. We're back here with Megan Johnson with the Emily Effect and uh, a foundation really dedicated to uh, maternal mental health. And and this is a, an issue that's that's really um, dear to my heart because of I, I connect first of all with Emily again as a friend and a friend of the family, and and really my own experiences is is has how I connect as well. Um, when when I was first having my babies and, you know, maybe leading up to it, there was some, some high profile. I mean, like Marie Osmond came on, you know, and did some, she was public about her struggles with postpartum depression. And that was sort of the, the phrasing that was used when, when I was younger and when I was first having children. And I remember the, that was sort of the narrative and the word depression. And then, and then also in the media, you saw stories of if you, if you heard about maternal mental health, which was rare, if you, it was sort of maternal psychosis almost where, where you had um, stories of mothers killing their children out of, you know, this depressive state or this psychotic state and or they wanted to, you know, there was expressions like they wanted to hurt their children. <clears throat> and I that didn't resonate with me when I had my third baby and the first two, which I think throws you off. And I think this is, you know, in Emily's experience from what I've heard you talk about, too, is it wasn't acute or at least this anxiety wasn't acute like it was with the with the last one. Mm-hmm. Right. Is, is that correct? correct? Yeah. yeah. So that was also my experience. I had the first two, which by all accounts should have been because we were in Virginia. I was away from family. Um, we, I, you know, it's first one. I had no idea what I'm doing. I was not sleeping by all accounts. If I was going to have it, it probably should have been then. Yeah. <laughs> But that's not what I experienced. I mean, of course it was hard and of course it was exhausting and it was, you know, crazy and um, all the things. But it was that third baby and we were in Utah and we had family around. And I, the way you're describing Emily's experience really resonates with me because what what I experienced was that just that I couldn't logically make sense. I I had two competing thoughts in my head. One was that I had these two toddlers and here's my third baby boy. And I could certainly take care of two toddlers. And I could, I knew I could take care of a baby, but I couldn't logically think that it was possible for me to do all three kids like that I couldn't possibly do this Mm -hmm. and so that's when the anxiety and again it's it's not logical people have three kids all the time I mean it's not Mm -hmm. it's hard and it's crazy and you have help but in my mind I couldn't it's the way I describe it is I 
it was like that puzzle piece, that la- that puzzle piece in the puzzle that looks like it should fit. It has the shape, it has the colors, every it should fit, mm-hmm. and I couldn't make it fit. Mm-hmm. And it's a disconnect, yes, disconnect, yeah. So, so I think that we did a disservice for parents when we talk about the psychosis. Not that we shouldn't talk about it, but that's we talk about the psychosis. And I never had the feeling I wanted to hurt my child. I mean, it doesn't sound like that was Emily's no. experience either. Yeah, I think she she could have intrusive thoughts, and that's what's scary for moms. Mm-hmm. But there's a difference when you have the intrusive thoughts. You recognize that there's intrusive thoughts versus you having the intrusive thoughts. You know, that's just yeah. kind of a difference in the spectrum of things you can experience. But yeah. 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 So, so I think when we, we have to, I love what you're doing and t- maybe talk a little bit more about the work that's going on, um, as it relates to, to spreading the word, getting awareness, um, you know, and some of the other projects that, that are going along with the Emily effect. Yeah. I think our biggest, you know, the fuel that we use in the Emily effect to share this message is simply Emily's story because it received so much attention when it happened. And I think, it really hit home for so many people because they could see pictures of Emily, many people who knew her and thought, how could how could this happen to her? How could she have experienced something like this? And I think it gave a lot of people permission to come forward with their own stories and to also see things in themselves that they were maybe confused about or ashamed about. And so really the Emily effect is, has started with sharing her story in hopes that we shed light on and can educate more, but it's been really cool. It's been seven years now and to kind of see how that's dominoed into helping other moms to share her story. So we use social media a lot to share the stories of other moms. We have them on our websites. Um, We um, do events to create awareness as well. And so we're really about being a hub, a place where moms can come and be educated about it, but also connect with other moms and we live in a time right now where social media and the internet is the best way to do that. And so um, it's been cool to see how there was already work being done to improve mater- maternal mental health care, especially here in Utah. Many people um, in the background doing lots of work. And then to see how this story and now other stories coming forward um, have kind of added fuel on that fire and has really sparked the change because it's um, – helped many people to be able to connect and realize that we need to do something about this. Yeah, I love that. What what do you where I mean besides your website and besides sharing stories, where have you found are the best resources mm-hmm. uh, for or places for women yes. to go to get the the help and you know say say somebody's at home struggling right now thinking about this thinking I'm you know, and it doesn't even have to be as as acute as some of the things we're talking about. But maybe yeah. you're just having an experience. Is this normal? Right. You know, or am I losing my mind or am I, you know, is this a mental health thing that I really need to address like right now? So talk a little bit about maybe where those resources are. Yeah, we do have resources listed on our website. And one of um, the things we've been able to do these last several years is partner with other people we've been able to partner with. There's PSI Utah. That stands for Postpartum Support International, our Utah chapter. Um, they have a great website, PSI.org, which is uh, a great website to go on, be educated about it, learn about, again, more resources, especially here in Utah. Um, a few years ago, something exciting that happened, it was actually a year after Emily had passed away when Governor Herbert um, 
the resolution came through of, uh, you know, statewide concern about maternal mental health and it being declared a statewide health issue. And so as a result of that, we've had funding to come um, to help us improve resources. And one of the great resources that has come as a result of that is the maternal mental health website that Utah has. It's maternalmentalhealth.utah.gov. And this is a comprehensive website where people can get on. They can search by their area, by provider, even by their insurance and different types of professionals and essentially get help. Um, We have more resources that are specific for moms now. Serenity Recovery and Wellness does an amazing job. They're an intensive inpatient and uh, I'm sorry, intensive outpatient and outpatient program. Um, We have the healing group, reach counseling. Like if you were to go on our website and these other websites that I've mentioned, we're all kind of on the same page as far as offering the same resources. But that's hard when you when you're in that crisis mode when someone you love is struggling. That's how we felt. We felt helpless. We didn't know where to turn. Um, so if you look on any of these websites, if you contact us, we can help guide you through that process. Um, specifically, I like to mention on uh, PSI's website they have what are called PSI coordinators, and these are. Um, Women who are trained in maternal mental health, many of them have actually had their own experiences as well with mental health challenges. And um, you can, if you get on and see this area where they have PSI coordinators, you can see ones that are in your area. You can call them and you can talk to them and they can listen and they can help guide you to resources in your area. Oh, I love that. I mean, I think that's, that's, I think what a lot of us didn't have before. I mean, yeah. it's what maybe Emily didn't have. It's mm-hmm. what, you know, maybe I didn't have at the time. And, and thankfully, you know, mine was, was, um. Well, we we ended up moving back to Sam Pete. That's yeah, what happened yeah, after that yeah. third baby. So yeah, those that just you know that precipitated our our move back. Yeah. You know, partly that I needed a place for my kids to run and yeah. play and you needed grow the support and, of your family. Yeah, and, and yeah. to be around my family, to be around a, a community that that I could lean on, that could give me support, and so it it, it all worked out for us, but. It's, you know, it's certainly something that, that a lot of people don't have and, and, and need those resources. Yeah. Um, I want to I want to get into maybe a little more about what's what's happening now, um, how, you know, how Emily's family is doing, mm-hmm. how uh, how you're doing and how yeah. your family's uh, working through all these issues. And we'll do that when we come right back. We're back here with Megan Johnson and the Emily Effect Foundation. We are, again, this is this is dear to to my heart, and and you know I, I shared a little bit about my story, and and we, you know, we do, I want to circle back to this this idea of of the of the spectrum of experiences that that mothers have um, around you know mental health and and just and just having babies in general this is it's hard stuff and we don't want to discourage anyone having babies is wonderful and 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 we wouldn't we wouldn't want it any other way you know at least personally i i (laughs) so happy with my children and 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 so they bring so much joy um but there is media it's you know it's good and bad you talked about the good of social media you talked about how how important it is for for you to get these stories out there and and for the ease in which families um can access these resources and to be able to to get help um but there there is the downside in which it amplifies the most extreme versions or extreme stories um, and so sometimes if, if I'm struggling and I think, well, I'm not, 
you know, having these moments where I want to hurt myself or my baby, then I'm not, maybe I'm not experiencing postpartum um, issues. So talk a little bit maybe about those, you know, how we, how we navigate through some of that. Yeah, this is so important to talk about because I think often, especially maybe up until the last few years, and I think this is still happening now, is that we say the word postpartum depression and we think a mom who can't get out of bed and who can't function or we think of a mom who wants to hurt her baby or does hurt her baby, right? And these these maternal mental health complications are just like any other mental health issue in that there's there's a spectrum, right? So we're not just talking about postpartum depression. We're talking postpartum anxiety, OCD, psychosis, um, postpartum PTSD, mm-hmm. and all of those are so different within themselves. And it's interesting even with postpartum depression because I think what's happening more often than not is many moms who are struggling are functioning. Mm-hmm. They're the moms that you see at the PTA meetings and you know, the moms that you think have it all together. And those are often the moms that are struggling, that it's not this, I can't get out of bed or um, I can't function, but that it's taking everything out of us as moms to be able to function. And it's costing us a lot. And so it's really important to understand that that there's a spectrum, right? That understand the differences and how these, these symptoms and these challenges can manifest. Um, Number one, so that you can understand what's happening and also so that you can get the right help because each of these things are very specific in their needs and how you treat them. And so I think it's so important to have conversations within our families um, to talk about this, to talk about our daughters who are teenagers, to talk about, you know, when someone's having a baby, asking them how they're doing and how they're really doing and maybe share a little bit about your own experiences and and to not, it's like you were mentioning earlier, it made me think like we have to be careful to not over-idealize motherhood Mm -hmm. and to set up some false expectations about it. Um, We love it. We know that there's beautiful things about it, but we also, I think, need to talk about the hard things that come with it and especially how common these challenges can be. You know, I love Amy Rose Wright is a perinatal mental health therapist here in Utah, and she's she's amazing. She often says um, these challenges aren't normal, but they're common. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one in three women in Utah will experience postpartum depression. I actually think that that's higher and this is pre-COVID. So these challenges, all that I mentioned, all these, um, they're called perinatal mood and anxiety disorders, meaning that they can manifest during pregnancy or after. Mm-hmm. Um, they are the most common complication of childbirth. And I think sometimes when, you know, we talk about these stories that are maybe more extreme, I think it can, someone who's listening, it can invalidate, not that we shouldn't talk about them, but I guess the point I'm trying to make is that we can all experience something on this spectrum, right? And if you don't need to go to the hospital or if your experience is different than somebody else's, if you're still struggling and if you're simply not feeling like yourself and it's been a challenge for you, then that's a sign that you need help and you need to talk to somebody. And um, we don't have to wait till things get extreme, but we're all going to, whether even outside of postpartum, like we're all going to fall somewhere on the spectrum at any given time mm-hmm. with our mental health. And so to have that mindfulness and that awareness and to be intentional about taking care of our mental health and um, just to know that whatever experience we're having is valid and to get help whenever we feel like we need it and we don't have to wait till it gets really bad. Yeah. No, I, and I love what you said because, you know, we're all going to experience something different, different and that's okay. And that's, that's, that's a moment for all of us to put away judgment. I think, you know, motherhood is hard enough and parenthood is hard enough. Like, 
I think we're past the judgment, right? Like, yeah. can we just all be done with right. that? Right. <laughs> let's move forward. Let's yeah. let's let's, let's get over that. that. Yeah. Um, I don't think you know. I just don't think that you know. I, I'm past it. You know, when you get to this point and and you realize that you know you were the best parent in the world until you had kids, and you know you were the best teenager parent until you had teenagers, mm-hmm. your best adult parent before you had adult children, and so yeah. I just have to say, like, well, yeah. I think we should all just be past that. So For sure, I agree. But but I think you know just identifying the the idea that um, you know that I may not look like someone else or I may not look you know my my situation may look very different but that doesn't mean what what I'm feeling is not valid right right and so I love I love that that point um let's talk a little bit about um what's happening now tell me about Emily's family how are they doing yeah. how are you doing yeah um the kids and, and yeah. everything yeah uh Emily's family's doing well it's her oldest is you know, he's 22 now. So it's interesting. I was looking at pictures the other day and just looking, seeing the difference in how they look since she passed away. They've, they're children who are now becoming adults. Yeah. Um, but they are thriving and, and doing well. Um, just had a lot of wonderful support from friends and family, um, which has, has been huge for us. And, um, I think being able to, you know, have the Emily effect and, feeling like we don't have to be ashamed of Emily's story and being able to share it freely and see the good that's come from that has been healing for all of us. And I think it's been especially healing for her children. Um, it's been amazing to see how, you know, if you if you want to know em- anything about Emily, you need to go talk to her kids. You need to meet them and see, you know, what they're doing, where they're going in life. And I think that that's such a testament to her motherhood and, and who she was as a mom and a person. Um, me, yeah, I'm, I'm doing well. You know, grief is an interesting, it's an interesting thing. It's, it's a roller coaster, right? And, and I think for me, being able to, um, work so much with the Emily effect, uh, these past seven years, being able to talk to so many moms, seeing the good that has come from this, it's been, it's truly been healing for me. And I, I have my bad days. I have my hard days where it hits me and when, when I miss her and just those life moments that are really tender when someone's absence is really noticed. Um, but I'll, I'll say and share too that I, I feel Emily in this work mm-hmm. that I'm doing and that's the type of person that she was and she shared, um, actually when she, came out of the hospital. It was really hard for her to go into the hospital. She didn't want anybody to know. And it was interesting when she came out 10 days later that, that she said, I'm, I'm going to own this. I'm going to share mm-hmm. my story. Wow. And so that's kind of, those are the words that I kind of live by in doing, mm-hmm. in doing the work with the Emily effect. And so um, I know that this is, that she is part of it. And, and that's been really healing for me to have that connection with her as well and to have other, see how other people have been impacted by her story as well. Yeah. And and are your sisters and your brother are they also involved in the work as well or Yeah, and it, and your cuz your mom and dad have been pretty yeah. pretty um involved as well, right? Yeah, for sure. So it's um you know, I'm a therapist, so I'm extra passionate about this and I feel like that kind of helps me kind of have a vision and do some of the things that I do with the Emily effect, but it's been something that for all of us that, you know, we're all living our lives and raising our families. And so whenever we can help and um, pitch in doing it, that's, that's what we do. It is something that I've, you know, been the main one focusing on for a little bit, but they, they support me. And we know we just had a big event this last month that went really well and had their support with that as well. Um, so yeah, it just kind of depends on what's going on in our lives, how much we're able to help with it. Do you, are you in your work, in your, in your, uh, 
you know, in your private practice or mm-hmm. do you do, a, are you working a lot with, um, mothers or, or yeah postpartum? i do sometimes it's not like right after postpartum but it's you know this this experience has like because i was a therapist before you yeah. know all of this happened and so it's just taken my knowledge and experience to a whole new level and i'm grateful for how that's changed how i and affected how i do my work as a therapist so yes i i do um work with moms a lot but i work with a few other things as well so oh, that's amazing yeah well, I, I really appreciate that, that you're coming on and sharing this story and sharing these resources. We'll, we'll add them to our show notes and we'll add them, um, at, on, uh, afterwards. But we just want to make sure that everybody has, has the opportunity to share this with, with anybody that, that might be struggling in it. And, you know, obviously we're talking today about maternal mental health, but, you know, anybody that's struggling with mental yeah. health, I, um, again, social media can have really great, things but you know our youth and social media we're seeing a lot of really negative effects and and maybe just touch on that briefly what you're seeing maybe in your practice or Mm -hmm. with your own kids yeah (laughs) because i i know we've yeah we it's it's an issue right now that we're working through yeah for sure i think it's something this is a whole new world that we're like trying to figure out as parents as we're dealing with this but i think you know when more kids are having more access to social media and to their phones at such young ages um it's creating a lot of comparison Mm -hmm. and i think what's happening too is it's creating a lot of inward focus, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's what social media is about, right? It's what am I doing? I want everybody to see, am I getting this many like, you know, and it's a hard, that's a hard thing to put on a kid at that age when that's already important to them. And developmentally, they maybe aren't in a place to distinguish when they need to and be able to separate things in a way to help them have a positive identity. And so, yeah, I, that's a huge concern that I have. And we are seeing those numbers rise. We're seeing, um, especially in teenage girls, not that teenage boys aren't struggling, but there's, there's struggles there with, you know, self-worth, higher rates of depression, higher suicide rates. And it's something that they have to learn to live with. But I think that we as parents need to be more mindful about when our kids are having that access, how much they're having access, having conversations and teaching and preparing them um, to be able to use what could be a tool in mm-hmm. their lives. But um, I do have concerns about how accessible it is for such young kids. And unfortunately, we're starting to see the effects of it now and how it's impacting their mental health. Yeah, I think, sadly, I think it's going to be, I think one of those things we're going to look back on and say, I cannot believe we let, yes, you know, these young children have access to these things. And I think, you know, it's, it's going to be like anything. I think it'll be like, you know, tobacco, it's going to be like right. opioids. We're going to see, I think we're going to look back and say, I can't believe right. that, that we did this. And so hopefully that's spurring us forward to, to make some changes. I know with, you know, my older kids had access because I didn't know any better and I didn't know that these effects would happen and then of course my youngest my daughter I I haven't allowed her to have access to to social media so it's you know I don't know when when we know better we do better we're trying to figure it out we're doing the best we can (laughs) that's exactly right yeah well thank you Megan so much for for being with us here today Mm -hmm. and for telling your story as well as Emily's story and um, we'll give more information on the Emily effect so thank you so much thanks for having me you can find more information at theemilyeffect.org. Also, Utah Maternal Mental Health Collaborative, which is at utahmmhc.com. Thanks for being a friend.